Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadvent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, we got a football commitment that kind of came out of nowhere to discuss. We have some... It, it did. It, we got some <laughs> basketball transfer portal stuff. We got a visit upcoming. We have a decision coming this week. So uh, we have a lot of stuff to get to. But Oof. first, it's past weekend. Uh, I was busy. You were busy. And uh, Kevin Levy, uh, he's listed as a receiver on the Rivals database, but he's being brought in... Uh, to Rutgers as a DB, he's a six, He's listed at six foot one one seventy eight uh, at a Cardinal Newman in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, this commitment definitely came out of nowhere. It surprises a lot of people. It surprised mm-hmm. uh, you know people who cover different schools than than Rutgers because uh, I think there was a, <clears throat> some pretty good signs he was not going to go to Rutgers up until basically the day of. So so what happened here? And tell us what we're getting in Kevin Levy. Yeah, so I guess from the start, basically I got a phone call. Uh, when did he commit? Saturday, I think it was Saturday. It was Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Saturday, Saturday morning, I got a phone call, and they're like, "Hey, like, just so you know, like, Levy's committing today. I don't know where." And I'm like, "All right, this is what do you mean you don't know where? Everyone knows where for the most part. Like, it's always like pretty well known beforehand." And like, I called a couple other sources just to like check out. Like, I, I called the Louisville site, I called the Florida State site, I called our national guy down in Florida, and everyone's just like, "Dude, the kid's not telling anyone anything, like, at all." I know he loved Florida State. He wanted everything. He wanted to go to Florida State, it sounded like. But they they just kind of filled up elsewhere, which whatever. That's fine. It happens. Um, it's just like Rutgers has turned away kids, too. And they still ended up at Power 5 schools. Um, but, yeah, so basically um, it came down to Rutgers or Louisville. And it sounded like it was going to be Louisville. And then, like, an hour before the commitment, uh, my everyone's calling me. And they're like, yo, it's going to be Rutgers. It's going to be Rutgers. I'm like, but, okay, what the hell just happened? Like. <laughs> This is crazy. Like, well, this is like one of the craziest recruitments I've had to deal with in a long time. Because, like I said, like we we know a lot beforehand. Mm-hmm. For the most part, like I can probably tell you who Rutgers' next commit is going to be. Like, I, I think it's pretty obvious. I've said it on the boards before in in Caden Brown, but um, yeah. So like we we know like a lot of these things beforehand, and this one was just like no one knew. I was a little shocked at how well he how quiet he kept this. Um, it just doesn't happen nowadays. Like even silent commits don't happen really anymore. Maybe Dylan Harper, but that's besides the point. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, Kevin Levy's, uh, he's actually listed as a wide receiver for our database because most of his tapes at wide receiver, but all these schools want him as DB, as a cornerback specifically. Um, six foot, 178. That's his rivals camp um, uh, measurements, whatever. Uh, it's pretty good, pretty decent size for a six, six foot kid. Um, he's quick, lightning fast, 10.6, meter dash. Uh, for those of you, uh, counting at home, that is faster than Josiah Brown, who was the other speed wow. they were after. So, and I thought Josiah's numbers were insane at like 10.68, I think it was. And this kid's running a 10.62. That's almost like a 10 meters a second. Like that's, that's insanely fast. Um, I forget how to translate it into 40 yard dash times, but you can go do it yourself if you want. Cause I'm, I'm not good at math regardless. So let's just sit that one out. 
but uh, yeah, really good, really good kid, speedster. He's only a five point five currently, but he's he's going to get a bump in the next update. We had a change in our uh, rankings or recruiting analyst down in Florida. Um, it's now uh, John Garcia Jr., who was actually the na- the head of national recruiting for Sports Illustrated up until April, and now he's over here with us and he's covering the Florida Southeast region, Alabama, Georgia, et cetera. Um, so, and he's really high on him. He was raving about him to me on the phone the other day. Um, could probably get him on the pod. Actually, that'd be a good one. Get him on the pod to talk a little, uh, Rutgers recruiting because you know, the state they have the most commitments from right now is Florida. <laughs> so yep. I think they're up to six or seven, something like that. But, uh, I think it's six. So yeah, no, really good get. You beat out some really good schools. Um, kind of a late bloomer of sorts because he really didn't start adding all these offers until January, until the calendar flipped. Before that, he only had NC State and BC, and then all of a sudden, the calendar flips. He gets Kentucky, A and M, Arkansas, Indiana, Florida, Ole Miss, Minnesota, Florida State, Miami. Um, hell, like Louisville just offered um, June first. Like it's it has been a crazy, uh, crazy ride for him, and he's just uh, he's blown up quite a bit. But for the most part, you beat out schools like uh, Miami, Louisville, Illinois. He took all official visits too. He took one uh, Florida State as well. So. I think I'd probably watch out for the Seminoles down the line because they're probably going to make a push, I would assume, if they don't land a couple other guys. Um, and that's just how recruiting works. Like You, you land them now, and you just got to keep them committed until December signing day. So even longer than that because the portal's here. I know. it's I mean, Like we've said time and time again, Florida kids, the, it's, the, things are just different down there, and you got to just mm-hmm. keep recruiting these kids almost like they're not committed. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, you hope to get them all on campus, but just historically speaking, it's it's unlikely. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do have some context. So you, you said he ran a 10.6 40-yard de- or 10.6 200 meters as his fastest time this year. Correct. That would have placed him at third in the state in the, the state title uh, race this year, only behind Malachi James of Willingboro and Fabian France of Bergen Catholic, who ran 10.54 and 10.55. Um, I also... <laughs> There's something called milesplit.com and they have a converter uh, mm-hmm. for what your uh, 100-meter time would convert to in a 40-yard dash. Really? That, they put that on that there? Would, <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's genius, actually. So it would convert to a 4-4-3 40-yard dash. So that's... that is moving for a high school kid because yeah. you got to remember, these guys, they, they talk about not being able to teach speed, but you get faster as you get older um, yeah. if you're an elite athlete. So they'll keep getting faster probably through their early 20s. So this is a kid who uh, is lightning fast and... You know, that's what they, 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 they talk about targeting traits a lot in terms of speed, in terms of size, in terms of strength, like strength, mm-hmm. you can improve on size. You can get bigger through working out, but speed is really tough to teach. Like if you're fast, you can get a little faster, but if you're not fast, you're not going to become fast through training. It's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at it now too. Like he's not just, it's not like it was a one-off and he ran a 10, six, two, like he ran a 10, six, six, he ran a 10, seven, six. Like he's, he's right there. And the same, same times he just happened to run a super fast time back in April. So, um, yeah, he's, he's just a true speedster. He does everything for, um, I think he was all state in the hundred meter, obviously. And then I think he was all state in the uh, 200 meter as well, if I recall correctly. Um, he does about everything. He does that. He does the four by 100 relay as well for his high school program. So, um, I'm going to blame those other guys for them not winning, not him. Yeah. And so just kind of a side note, I, I was scrolling through some, uh, some posts by a, a Louisville mod about the situation. Mm-hmm. And I uh, thought this was a very interesting quote. And this is what he posted about Kevin Levy. He committed to Rutgers 
They came in really late in the process. It was Louisville and Florida State and Rutgers came in. Heard they made a really good offer to land him. Now, what do you Wait, think? Rutgers that means? offered back in March. That doesn't make sense. They made a really good offer to land him. Uh, now, we've had a lot of people say that Rutgers NIL situation is not great. And I think we've been saying for a while now that it sounds like it's gotten a lot better. Um, and this kind of just goes to back that up. I think it's 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 hard to really kind of dig deep into this and get a, a firm answer. But I think for all the people who are saying that the NIL situation at Rutgers isn't great, I challenge them to, to kind of have an open mind about this because it sounds like you've heard from multiple Power 5 college coaches, Rutgers is doing well in terms of NIL. Uh, you've heard from different moderators on different sites. Yeah. Sounds like Rutgers is doing well in NIL. I mean, mind you, like a lot of people do, so, like they're going to use it as an excuse when they lose a kid, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the go-to now. It's like, it used to be like, yeah, they, they, they gave him a bag under the table and now it's just like, yeah, no, they paid him like a hundred percent. But like at the same time, like you, I know everyone I've talked to has told me that there's no like Rutgers is not paying like high school kids. It's not, it's not a thing. Like um, they don't have NIL. They don't have a great situation. Then you talk to all these other coaches at other schools and they're like, yeah, Rutgers has a pretty good NIL situation. I heard. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how'd you hear that from? Cause I'm being told the complete <laughs> opposite. And then all of a sudden like this happens. And this, like I said, this kid was going to Louisville up until like four 30, five 30, whatever it was. And then all of a sudden it's like, he's going to Rutgers. I'm like, okay, like, yes. Now, I don't know. Is it money related? Like I've had SEC coaches, ACC coaches, Big Ten coaches, uh, and this assistance, obviously for the most part. But they're all saying like NIL, 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 and I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? Like, do they have it or they don't? So it kind of leans in line too with them having NIL based on the recruiting class going from what was it last year, like fifty something, maybe even the sixties almost to a top twenty five again. Mm-hmm. Um, you landed two four-star kids. You landed a Bergen Catholic kid, which didn't see that one coming. Didn't see Kevin Levy coming as of two weeks ago. And a whole flip-flop, like, maybe? It's not the craziest thing in the world to say out loud, but I'm not complaining. I'm all bored. That's what you got to do nowadays, too. If they're doing it, they're doing it. Who cares? Like, no one's getting in trouble. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no, it, it's still a bit of the wild, wild west, and we'll see if that gets cleaned up at all. But I never, mean, Rutgers is finally seemingly playing in the gray area where other schools have been playing for years now. So you'll yeah. love to see it uh, because they're just leveling the playing field here. Um, is there anything we haven't covered on Kevin Levy before we uh, move on to some other topics? No, I don't think so. Um, I want to speak about NIL real quick just because like the Jeremy Pruitt thing came out the other day and I thought that was interesting. And like, mm-hmm. I, I read it and they're like, yeah, you gave like, a parent 5k on a visit. Yeah. I'm like, do you want to give like a high level of what happened is the Tennessee uh, NCAA? Uh, yeah. So long story short, punishment. I got like 200 plus recruiting violation. <laughs> it's just like, no shit. Tennessee cheated. Mm-hmm. Wow. I couldn't never would have guessed. It's almost like yep. they did the same thing under Butch Jones. It's almost like it's not even the, the coaches. It's like the admin at that point. And Phil um, Fulmer and, you know, yeah. every other coach they've had, Derek Dooley. Exactly. exactly. And I'm sure they're doing it now too still, but whatever. Um, but basically, long story short, they got caught basically handing out payments to, to parents, to kids, uh, just to visit. Like it was like, hey, come on this visit. And literally like 
5,000 K came out of this assistant coach's account and 5,000 K goes or 5,000 K $5,000 goes into this assistant coach's account withdrawal $5,000 all of a sudden goes into this mom of a recruits account. And it's like, all right, well, and it's happened on multiple occasions. I think they were literally handing out goodie bags of like cash. <laughs> like, and that's just like, it's been happening forever. And now it's like, it's be kind of crazy because if Pruitt was in charge now, I feel like you could kind of just get away with it. Like, he kind of got screwed a little bit because he did it too early or got caught too early. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just think everyone's doing now. It's all like above board. There's no rules. There's no sanctions, really. I know they're just – even them. Like Tennessee got – he got a show ban clause. I don't think Tennessee really got – they got, what, a slap on the wrist? A fine of $8, yeah. million, not $8 million, I guess, not a slap on the wrist. But. So they got an $8 million fine, which the NCAA determined based on the money they got for going to two bowl games those two years that they were doing that. Which is um, stupid. It's stupid, yeah. And they also lost, I believe, 28 scholarships over the next four years or something like that, which Damn in the shit. age of NIL, like we've we've seen it with basketball. We've talked about it in the last pod where, you know, guys are, you know, team programs are kind of skirting the scholarship limit by saying, hey, walk on here and we'll pay you so much NIL that it won't matter that you're not on scholarship. So Tennessee won't have a problem with that. They'll just find a way to, Make sure that these kids are getting enough NIL where they don't really care that they're not on scholarship. They'll just pay them. They'll pay they'll yeah, do they'll what they're doing them. now, or they did last. Yep. It's just it's crazy that like you can kind of just do anything you want now, and I, I mean, oh well, whatever. Yeah. Um, oh well, indeed, it's going to keep happening. Tennessee is going to keep cheating and be scum yeah. being scumbags. Um, oh, I crazy story. Uh, side note: um, Do you remember when Greg was? position to be the Tennessee coach and then the whole, you know, yeah, that whole witch thing. hunt happened. Yeah. Um, Michael Lombardi, who has a, a podcast called GM street or not GM street, uh, GM shuffle. Um, he was talking about, cause obviously he's close with everybody in new England. So therefore by proxies, he knows what's going on with Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently when Greg was, uh, when, when Greg had signed on to become Tennessee's coach, his plan was to bring, Joe Burrow with him as his quarterback. Hmm. So he had Joe ready to go. They were he was going to transfer to Tennessee, and uh-huh. then when that fell apart, he had to find a new school. I think Joe wanted to go to Nebraska. Nebraska turned him down, so he ended up at LSU. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine? Wow. That's like an ultimate butterfly effect. There, Greg gets the job. Joe Burrow gets brought in as quarterback. Greg, yeah. you know, he might have been a, a national championship coach coaching <laughs> Joe Burrow as a Heisman quarter. He went. Greg could have been like a folk hero down in Tennessee. This, yeah. this Yankee coming down, yeah. speaking his fast talk, eating his Italian food. You think Greg the national it, title? I think Greg would do what Brian Kelly did and just make like the accent. My family. Just, just make it up real quick. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he'd have to do that, but it'd be funny. Yeah, but uh, just a wild story that I yeah, haven't really thought to mention until now. No, that's but. interesting. Uh, that, that would have been something else. And then, uh, I mean, Rutgers still would have been in purgatory. <laughs> they still would have been, but uh, everything worked out for Rutgers because obviously yeah. Greg was uh, the best choice by far that we had uh, when he was hired. Uh, yeah. I still think he's the best choice for Rutgers, honestly, because Rutgers is not an easy job. We've seen Hell, that. No. <laughs> we have a, a lot of examples recently. Um, yeah, I can. All right, let's pivot to basketball. Um, previously, it had been reported out in the ether that Jeremiah Williams, who is the former Temple player, the former Iowa State player, committed to Illinois this offseason, yep. then backed off of it. 
that he would be visiting Rutgers. But until recently, that visit was kind of up in the air. But it sounds like that visit is on. So talk about Jeremiah Williams and when his scheduled visit's happening. Yes, yeah, so Jeremiah Williams is a class of 20... I forget, geez. 2020 kid. Um, Chicago, Illinois. Simeon High School. He's a pretty, a pretty good high school tape, to be honest with you. Um, ended up at Temple. Um, played two years and at Simeon Temple. Simeon High School is, is huge, too. That's yeah. where Derek Rose played. That's where mm-hmm. Anthony Davis played. That's where, yeah. you know, they have had a lot of good uh, football players of the year, too. But. Yeah. Um, ended up going to Temple for two years. Transferred to Iowa State this last offseason tours Achilles in October of 2022. And that was kind of like, um, that was it for his year. I mean, yeah, obviously that's it for his year. Yeah. Took the year off. Now he's back. He's still in recovery mode a little bit. He's not a full go from what he told me the other day, but he's very close. And he says he, he says he will be ready to go for the start of the season. Now rewind a little bit. He did commit to Illinois. I want to say it was two months ago, a month ago, something like that. Um, but ended up decommitting. Now there's a couple rumors out there of why he decommitted. I've had one guy tell me there was a rumor he's part of that the whole Iowa State gambling thing. But if you go read up on the Iowa State gambling thing, um, there was no mention of a basketball player whatsoever. It was like wrestling and soccer or something else. I forget what the school or the programs were, but it wasn't football and it wasn't basketball. I know that. Um, so that might have just been a random rumor just to like kind of cut weight. There's also another rumor that they looked at his medical records afterwards and got to check him out a little bit with their doctors. And they said like, oh, shit, like his Achilles is a lot worse than we thought. And that's another that's kind of goes in line with why Iowa State kind of just let him go. Iowa State ended up adding two or three guards over the past season. And on top of that, they basically said his he was really slow in his recovery. So they didn't really drop him per se, but they're kind of like, yo, your minutes are going to be cut like significant when you come back, just so you know. And he was like, all right, I'm going in the portal, um, which is fine. And it sounds like he's fully almost fully recovered, though, like he told me. Um He's going to take the visit to campus the 26th, I think it was, 22nd, something like that. I forget. Whatever day it was. Um, And Rutgers needs bodies. I mean, we're at the point where the trip is, what, two weeks from now? Mm -hmm. Like the the overseas trip to Senegal and – Senegal, right? I think Senegal and Portugal? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, a little over two weeks. So it's like – I want to say like 17 days away. Roughly. Yeah. So you kind of got to just add a body to add a body. And they, another guard doesn't hurt, especially when like a, a specific guard, another Williams, is close to committing. Um, and he could kind of play a wing role. He can kind of play a guard role. This kid is more of a point guard, sort of. He's a 6'5, 185, um, bigger point guard. But like this is a kind of says a couple of things. It says Rutgers needs a body, number one. Rutgers gets more experience, number two. And on top of it, like you, you don't really trust your guard rotation right now, it seems like. And the biggest concern is, God forbid, I know we didn't talk about Austin Williams. We'll talk about him in a second. But if you get Austin Williams, you get Jeremiah Williams, and you have Noah Fernandes, it's got to be said out loud, but no one really wants to say it. All three of those guys missed significant time last year with injuries. That's That could be really detrimental to the program for this season, if God forbid. I'm knocking on wood because I, I hope it doesn't happen, but it's something that's got to be mentioned. Yeah. And that's honestly part of the reason why either these guys didn't see a ton of attention or why they're still mm-hmm. in the portal. Cause like a guy like Jeremiah Williams, his number one competition sounded like it was San Jose state, mm-hmm. which they're not a terrible program, but no. it's not like at this point, the main competition anyway. Um, he, he did tell me Gonzaga's reaching out, 
which okay is kind of it makes sense a little bit because they're they're also I believe they need two scholarship players still or open mm-hmm. slots. And again, it's it's mid July. You kind of just got to fill with a body at this point. And yeah, maybe he doesn't get ready for the start of the season. Maybe he still does like a pulls a Caleb McConnell type situation where you miss the first four games, five games, and then you come mm-hmm. back in uh, November, late November, and then all of a sudden you're you're fine, you're good to go. But yep. Achilles tendons are hard to hell, hell, really hard to recover from. Probably other than it's like the Achilles tendon injuries and the. Uh, <laughs> patella tendon injuries that are the hardest to recover from from everything i've heard and read yeah it's not ideal by any means um you probably won't have nearly the same lift that he's had uh, especially year one um and like acls it's just like it's scary to get back on them from what i've heard richie would be able to say better than i would um yeah but the the achilles are actually like sapping of your athletic ability whereas Mm -hmm. the acls just it feels awkward and hurts for a while right yeah Oh yeah. It's uh I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like that first time you get back on the court and it's just like I'm I'm just playing pickup. I'm not even playing like actual ball. Like mm-hmm. and I go to like jump on the first time and I'm like, oh my god, I land. I'm like, all right, I think I'm okay. I think I'm good. I have this <laughs> I have this big bulky knee brace on and I'm like, this is miserable. Like you lose half your bounce. I, I don't want to brag, but I went from like I'd be able to dunk, dunk a tennis ball previously and then I went from like I can get net, like mm-hmm. getting close to rim again now, but oh, yeah, knock, knock, I would again. Like God forbid. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's definitely a scary feeling. That's why like Mawat Mag coming back is going to be. I think it's more of a mental thing than anything else because yeah. it's tough. It is tough to just get back out there and play, and especially the style he plays, where it's just like yeah, just running. tenacious defense, <laughs> and it's just like constant micro movements yeah. when he's trying to defend a guy. That's the kind of stuff that it's, it's really hard to to get back. Um, yeah. Cause you're going to be a little sluggish and, and another kind of thing we're not talking about is these guys have much better, uh, you know, oh, yeah. physical therapy than anybody who is uh, not a you know high level athlete would have like, they're getting treatment every day. They're mm-hmm. getting, you know, all the different top of the line stuff, whether that be like some kind of laser treatments or whatever kind of, you know, random equipment they, they use to, to, you know, yep. help speed up the injury process. But meanwhile, um, I'm over here going to like three rehab and I'm like, fuck this. I don't need to do this mm-hmm. anymore. I'm good. Yeah, I'm I got sorry. a foam roller. This will be fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bad news. Right. So you did, uh, you did allude to uh, a player who might be ready to commit um, in Austin yes. Williams. I know we've talked about him a lot. Uh, we've kind of been saying, you know, we feel really good about this. Don't worry about him, guys. We feel really good. Mm-hmm. We feel really good. And I know people can get a little cagey about that kind of stuff and wonder when things are actually going to happen. Sounds like we got a date. So tell us what's going on with Austin Williams. Yeah, so uh, he told me yesterday he's going to commit this week. And I, hey, what day? Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Why didn't you just say that in the first message? But whatever, that's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's, he's committing Wednesday. He had to finish up some classes at, uh, I believe it was FIU, or he's taking mm-hmm. a class somewhere. I, maybe it's out of – there's so many weird rules around it. Like you can go take like a summer course at a community college and still count towards your credits. So I don't know exactly where the class is. I would assume FIU just based on assumption. But he was finishing up a class, and uh, once that's finished, he will be a transfer. Um, now he needs a waiver technically, but like – the dude's in his seventh year. Just, just give it to well, him. Does he need a waiver given that he's a grad transfer? Yeah, I was told supposedly you still need approval from the NCAA. But like grad transfers, mm-hmm. they kind of just look at and they're like, oh, grad transfer. So yeah. Whereas like uh, I, Jeremiah Williams will need a significant waiver. 
I don't know how he's going to pull that one off because, again, going back to his recruitment, there was a rumor that Illinois couldn't get a waiver for him. And I'm like, he's a Chicago native. How the hell does that make sense? Like, if anything, just he's going home. Um, and I forgot to talk about this before, but there's a, another rumor. There's a lot of rumors out there about Jeremiah Williams that no one knows the truth, I guess. But um, there's another rumor that – so Jameel Reynolds is another Temple transfer. He's going to Cincinnati. He's basically telling the NCAA that Temple botched his rehab. And they're just going to give him a waiver, it sounds like, because the NCAA is scared of shit to like get sued to do like anything wrong. Because God forbid they get sued once, they're like, <laughs> apparently they they've paid out like payments to people that it's it's like significant money, like multiple hundreds of millions of dollars to just wow. people suing them because <laughs> they just can't keep up. Um, That's insane. So whatever, maybe he just says Iowa State botched my rehab, and look at that, weird how he got a waiver. Um, Right. I can't imagine Jeremiah Williams visiting campus without a waiver or without healthy too, without being healthy. Um, so I think Rutgers lands him and then Austin Williams this Wednesday. Austin Williams is probably your starting two guard, if I had to guess, maybe three, whatever you want to call it. Um, people are all concerned about the guard rotation, like oh, how the minutes going to get distributed. It's like I told you already, Derek Simpson's probably coming off the bench as a six man. That's fine. He's going to still play really good minutes. Austin Williams is probably going to start because he's got NCAA tournament experience. He's a tall, lengthy guard. I think Gavin Griffiths also starts. You could call him a guard. You can call him a small forward. I don't care what it is. It's positionless <laughs> basketball. Um, yep. Austin Williams is going to guard the better player for the most part um, between those two. And then uh, you also have – I think this the only person that really hurts rec- uh, numbers-wise in terms of minutes would probably be Jeremiah – not Jeremiah, jeez. Michael Davis, maybe a little bit, but I, like I kind of mentioned previously, I thought year one for him might even based on the previous roster, I thought year one might've been a red shirt. I mm-hmm. don't think it's still out of the cards, but I think, uh, I think for the most part, like it hurts his minutes a little bit because you get now, but you get good veteran presence, like with these guys, with Jeremiah and Austin Williams, I think Austin Williams is going to be a really good player for them. And I think he fits pretty nicely next to Noah Fernandes. And then you add in a, a sharpshooter and Gavin Griffiths next to them. And it's like, all right, and that, you, you got a pretty good roster. Um, it's the health thing because I, I know I mentioned the three guards are all hurt last year. And I'm like, oh shit, hold on. The, the other guy that's been hurt too is Milot Mag. <laughs> like yeah. you have four guys on the roster coming off an injury last year where they missed significant time. So it's, it's definitely concerning and, I don't know if uh, they can get them all healthy at the same time, but if if you do, you got to give Richard Van Dyke a hell of a pay raise. Oh yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a big task for the strength and conditioning staff and the medical staff to make sure that these guys are all in tip top shape going yeah. into the twenty three twenty four season for sure. Um, but these guys, you know, we've mentioned it before; they would be very <laughs> key pieces to the, the team because they've got experience. That's you know. While we have some talented young guys coming in, like mm-hmm. it helps when a guy has actually played an NCAA tournament game. It helps when guys have played in big time games in terms of conference championships. Mm-hmm. It helps when they've seen and been to you know several fifteen thousand person crazy gyms and they know what to expect there. Um, yeah. So they're 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 necessary pieces for this season because Pike has said he thinks this is a, an NCAA tournament team. I agree. He did need to replace Cam Spencer and Paul Mulcahy's minutes and presence in the, in the locker room. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a hell of a team still. Like, this is a yeah, same, especially if you add Jeremiah Williams and Austin Williams. Like, kind of a mm-hmm. little bit expected, I would say at this point. 
like these guys are great defenders too. Like, and this is these are yep. two Pikel type players. Like, if you look at um, Jeremiah Williams' stat lines, he goes from twenty two eight and eight to two eleven and nine. Like, the consensus among his, all his games is that he's a great rebounder, he's a great uh, facilitator, and he averages one point four steals per game. Austin Williams also averages one point three steals per game. Like they're both really good um, rebounders. They're great for guards, especially, um, and they're just great defenders. This is this is basically Pykele's mo in terms of uh, players. So that's why I'm I'm not shocked that they're pursuing either of these because most guys probably look at their tape and they're like, oh, they're they're defenders. I need scoring. And now Pykele's like defenders, rebounders, guards. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, take them, get them on campus. Um, so Austin Williams should be official this week. Um, Jeremiah Williams will probably be official after his visit, as long as he takes the visit still, which I don't think one affects the other. I think it's more of you need a body, you need a body bad. So yep. um, if anything changes in that front, obviously we'll update you guys. But for now, it sounds like they're they're looking good for both of those guys, both Williams and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, the, the team sounds like it's rounding out um, and you kind of want everybody – in place by the time you take that trip because you don't want you want everybody on this trip because it'll be such like a, a hmm. you know great way to get these guys bonded and get these guys playing because it's it's kind of weird how they only allow you to do this every four years because you get such a leg up when you can play like mm-hmm. what is it 10 like legit like yeah like full basketball games against other teams like you get like a couple scrimmages uh you can set up in normal years but when you can play like 10 games that are against real teams and you're trying to win and it's an actual competitive environment and you don't know what the other side's going to do. Like you normally do during scrimmages when you're playing mm-hmm. each other, it's just a huge leg up. It's, it's, it's like the equivalent of having like, if, if one fourth of the teams in college football got to do spring practice, the other ones didn't, it's just kind of weird that you don't have everyone being able to do this each year. Yeah. Um, also I meant to say on top of I, I do think, Actually, I'll, I'll kind of go in line with that first. The Kentucky thing. So they're go, they went over to Canada. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to Drake's Mansion and shit. <laughs> That's like a cool thing. But uh, also, like, I was talking to the Temple guys who, I guess, covered Jeremiah Williams more than anyone because he was there for two years. It was a recruit beforehand. Um, they just said he's a great team player. So and a great um, – just a kind of a captain-ish type, type of guy. So – just getting him on board with this trip is going to be huge. Getting Austin Williams, who's a seventh-year guy, has been through hell and back, I see, feel like, at this point. Been to just about every school. Um, getting him on this trip is going to help. And you get veterans. I know, like we just you just said, the youngsters are great. They're going to be good players. But you still need a veteran presence, especially when you lose Cam and you lose Paul. Um, so, yeah, this, this is going to be an interesting trip. And a little bit more info on the trip. I found out they are going to – uh, Al, I'm pronouncing this probably poorly as hell. Algarve, Algarve, uh, Portugal. I'm looking now. I think the uh, the main program there is uh, yeah, Funsec is gonna roast you for that pronunciation. I'm oh, sure, I'm sure he will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm reading this correct, I think Clube de Basquete, Basquete del something. I don't know. That seems like one of the basketball programs over there. And then they're, that's from August 13th to the 16th. And then August 16th to 19th, they're going to Lisbon. I can pronounce that one. Um, <laughs> I don't know what programs they're actually playing against. But I, from what I was told, we are expected to still get stats. So that would be kind of cool, like um, just to see how they compete against some of these teams, even though I do think 
I don't even know. Benefica is actually over in Lisbon too. I don't know who they're mm-hmm. going to play, to be honest. I'm trying to find out still. The schedule is expected to come out soon. No, I don't think it's open to the public, but maybe. Maybe you can sneak in. I can't imagine like a basketball court, random basketball court in Portugal being like on lockdown with security, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. So if you do sneak in, send me some videos so I can go post them. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, what they should honestly do, and maybe this isn't like – from a competitive landscape thing, great. But how sick would it be if they just like had the video multimedia guy just set up like a Twitch stream for every game and Rutgers fans could watch? It's so That'd easy awesome. nowadays too. Yeah. Like it's it's not a bad move. Maybe you'll have to you'll have to talk to your people and see if they are interested in doing that. And if they <laughs> yeah. need some help, if they need a consultant, we could uh, help them get yeah. everything. You know what the thing that sucks that. is is uh, one of my uh, I, I think I said this before. My uncle's a big season ticket holder. Um, mm-hmm. He's been with a season ticket holder for like almost 40 years in hoops and mm-hmm. football. Uh, his buddy actually ironically just moved to Lisbon. Uh, really? Like six months ago. And he's like, find out where I'll go. And I'm like, All right, wow. <laughs> I'm working on it. I got you. So if we could find out where we'll, we'll uh, try to see what we can do there, but he's not very technologically advanced. Um, so that's the little pain in the ass, but what are you going to do? If we can get some video, you never know. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll, we'll make a legit effort to see if we can get that uh, get some get some media out of the the trip to uh, Portugal outside of the the you know the highlight clips of them you know going jet skiing or going to see historical oh, sites yeah. that they put up. That's gonna be um, cool to see. One uh, one last thing I had was uh, this past weekend there was a big tournament in Atlanta. Did you see this? The uh, uh, Power Ace, 24 tournament with Ace, Ace Bailey. Yeah, I was going to say that's the Ace Bailey one. He went against Bryson Tiller. Yeah, so the Power 24 tournament is uh, it's not the singer. tournament hosted by, what would you say? Not the singer. Yeah, not the singer. It's hosted by uh, On the Radar Hoops. Um, it's, it's It was held at McEachern High School, which uh, should sound familiar because that's Delta's where Ace and uh, Michael Davis go to, co- go to high school. Um, athletes of Tomorrow played... Uh, it was kind of a mixed event because there was also EYBL teams there too. Um, mm. So in the first game that AOT played, they went against the Atlanta Express or the ATL Express, um, who are headlined by five class of 2025 five-star forward Bryson Tiller. And if you don't know him, he's going to overtime elite uh, next year. He's 6'9", 230 pounds. He's, he's a big dude. Um, Ace just dominated them. Um, so that crinkling's... I thought it was me. You know, I, I thought it was no. my dog, and I'm like, I, I don't see her. Where the hell is she? Yeah, but, sorry. No, <laughs> um, so in the first game of the tournament, AOT ended up playing uh, Atlanta Express, and they beat them going away. So this highlight's available online. Mm-hmm. AOT won 68-56. to 56. Ace was clearly the best player on the court. A lot of the different uh, people who were there basically said that Ace is making a strong push to be the number one player in the class, which we've kind of talked about. Um the competition thing has always been what's, you know, been held against him that he doesn't play on a, the big enough circuit. But he went against Bryson Tiller and just dominated him from what I've seen. Um, in the second game of the day, uh, Ace uh, and his team beat the Florida Rebels EYBL. And they also, so the Florida Rebels were at Peach Jam a couple weeks ago, or two weeks ago at this point. Um, and they had a really strong showing. I don't remember exactly where they finished. But AOT ended up winning that game 84 to 83. 
Uh, like I said, Ace had 28 points, and he had the game-winning tip in as time expired. So I'm sure that clip will show up online soon. Um, but just a great showing. They ended up losing in the playoff rounds to some team called Midwest Basketball Club 3 SSB, whatever that is. That's um, the Adidas circuit. Okay. So uh, they didn't end up winning the tournament, but Ace had a lot of people at the tournament just uh, in awe from what I saw. I, th I think I saw a quote, I think it was from Travis Branham, who said he was talking to a college coach and his, his feedback on Ace was, wow, just wow, wow. Like, I'm holy, I forget exactly. I'll, I'll pull it up, but. Telling you, I think they're gonna, they're gonna take him. He's gonna take over Dylan's spot, which is crazy to say. Um, and I keep saying this, but it, it, it's, there's more and more rumors and I, I hate to be negative right here, but it does sound like, uh, Cooper flag is going to reclass hundred percent. So unfortunately it might not be one and two, but two and three is still pretty damn good. Um, yep. the good news is it does sound like, uh, actually I don't know when Cooper flag is going to officially reclass. So that's going to be the tough part. You might have one and two for like a couple weeks, which would be nice. But, uh, I mean, two and three is still pretty damn good, but, uh, Rutgers was on hand to see Ace Bailey versus Bryson Tiller this past weekend. Rutgers was also on hand in, um, kind of kind of divert a little bit from this. They were also in Pennsylvania at the Hoop Group event. Um, okay. They were watching Nicola Bandalo, who's probably their Ooh, top. Rate. I love his game. Yeah, it's probably their top rated forward. And it's funny because, like, I was talking to a coach. And so it's let's, actually, you want to divert? Just so people, just no, no, just so people who know who Nico Bandalo is, he's a player out of Georgia. I think he's originally Serbian. He's ranked 34th in the class of 2025. Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, Green well, no, High School, no, I think Ohio. he's. So he plays in Ohio, but I believe he's originally from like Serbia uh, or something. Uh, uh, I'll yes, look that up. Serbia, yeah. yeah. No, you're correct. Yep. Yeah, it's my fault. So uh what I didn't I cut you off. No, 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 you're good. He um yeah, so he's he's originally from Serbia, I'm looking now. Um plays at Green High School in Ohio. He's probably Rutgers top rated forward for the twenty twenty five class. Um he's gonna be one to really keep a close eye on. This kid's absolutely exploded. He's went from not ranked to thirty four in the country, and he just he gets to the AAU circuit and everyone's like, holy shit, like this kid's good. Um, he's got offers from Ohio State, Illinois, Rutgers, Syracuse, Georgetown, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's only got like 12 offers right now, 10 offers right now, but <clears throat> I expect that to kind of go a little bit higher. Rutgers has been on him for quite some time. The little connection there, because he's from Ohio, um, Caleb McConnell's old head coach at Spire Academy actually ironically texted me about this kid, I want to say six, seven months ago. And he's like, you gotta get, you gotta watch this kid. And I watch this kid, and I'm like, all right, I'll watch him. I'll watch him. I watch him. I'm like, oh shit, this kid's pretty fucking good. How'd you? Play for yeah. you? He goes, no, I've just been going to all these circuits, and I saw him, and I was like, how does this kid have no offers? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he's just been blowing up ever since. And Rutgers has been one of the first ones to offer. I think they were his third ever, fourth, no, fifth, fifth, fifth offer. Um, just actually on the same day. So, um, yeah, this kid didn't have a profile. I had to create one for him, which was kind of crazy, and. He's just insanely good. He's going to be such a good player for uh, wherever he goes to college. But Rutgers is putting in a lot of effort early on. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, this kind of just continues this trend, and that's that's where it's going to go, where you get ace, you potentially get Dylan, you're getting four stars left and right. It's almost like you say, like, a top 30 kid, and fans now are like, 30, that's it? Like, come on, mm -hmm. I thought we were getting top five. Like, dude, relax. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny when you look at the guys. We we went through the list of them last time, but the class of 2025, they're targeting only seemingly top 50-ish level guys, and they have a few others that aren't top 50. But you know, the guys who have come out with offers 
are mostly very, very highly ranked or will be mm -hmm. shortly, I assume, because they are showing that they're great evaluators because they offered Mandalo a long time ago, several months ago, at least before he was even ranked and yeah. now he's ranked 34th, like you said. Well, that's that's uh that's how good Rutgers is. Even like the, the higher level guys, like Ace was what ninth, eighth when he committed. And now he's at the two, mm -hmm. maybe one yep. potentially. Now we're talking about, so mm -hmm. it's not unheard of. Like it could happen. And I did find that quote that I'd previously mentioned. So Travis Branham asked a college coach, "Did you see? Did you get to? <laughs> did you get to watch Ace Bailey yesterday?" It was the question. And the college coach said, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my." gosh he said sums it up so ace you need we'll we'll post the the clips from this past weekend on uh on the boards but it is he has such a wide range of things he can do it's it's insane like there's one clip from the game this past weekend where he gets the ball transition in the corner uh or it's not the transition but he gets a, a long pass in the corner uh, in terms of, uh, he gets a pass to him in the corner and he does like this crazy fadeaway while, uh, I don't know who it was, who was defending him, but he made a really good attempt to, to block the shot and he's fading away out of bounds and just like cans it. He's just insane. He could do everything. He's truly a very, very, very unique player. Yeah, no, he is, uh, something else. And like I said, I, I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be really good. I mean, I'm very excited to see him at Rutgers and. Add in Dylan, who kind of compliments him really well. And you're talking about two top three kids, two probably lottery prospects. They're going to sign that wall in the knighthood within 300, or less than 365. No, uh, more than that, two years. So <laughs> I, yeah, I'm bad at math. I, I told you before. It's, uh, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see what this thing, this whole thing happens. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is absolute madness. Like, I did not ever see yep. this. I said it to someone else the other day. I was talking to, um, Jackson Collier, who actually ironically uh, submitted the crystal ball of future cast, whatever you want to call it, for Dylan Harper to end up at Rutgers. And I was like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I've never seen this coming. I didn't think, like, Rutgers in the top one and two prospects in the country. Like, when's the last time that's happened? I know we all say, like, we joke around, like, Duke did this, Duke did that. But it wasn't mm -hmm. one and two. It was, like, one, seven, 39. I don't know if there's mm -hmm. ever been, like, one and two in the same class going to the same school. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe the Anthony Davis year, or not Anthony I Davis, maybe Bo Boogie and uh, John Wall. Maybe I think the Anthony Davis year they did have Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who I think were one and two in that class. Okay, um, it, I think it has happened, but it's it's definitely rare. Like this is not something that happens. It happens probably you know once a generation, so once a decade. That's um, what I'm saying. Like I, maybe the Boogie John Wall one. I feel like those two had to be like near the top. Oh, mind you, um, as I look, Kentucky had two and three last year. Yep. So, um, whatever. You know, what? I was one and two is different. Two and three, who it's cares? It's different. UCLA had one and three in 2012. Duke um, had one, three, and five in 2022. Mm -hmm. so that's that's not... the thing. I'm surprised that didn't hurt them more in recruiting. Um, they had one, three, and five, and none of them ended up being top 10 picks. Like yeah, Derek Lively. He somehow ended up, I think, at 12 um, after it seemed like he was taking a tumble. But, can't believe he ended uh, up at 12. I know. It's just that's that like, those are situations. It sounded 12. like the Mavs were all in on him, and then they traded mm -hmm. back a little bit just to make sure that they didn't fall out of range to get him. 
just goes to show you it's all based on potential. Like even like they, Dylan and Ace could have the, the worst year in Rutgers history and they'd still get drafted like top 15. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They won't obviously because they're too good, but um, yeah, I guess Duke's done it quite a bit. Now that I think about it, the RJ is Ion Cam Reddish is one, three, five. It's still not one yep. and two though. It's not one and two. It's still not one and two. Um, I'm still scanning here to see if I could find a year it happened, but uh, I can't. I don't uh, think there's a year right. that one and two has ever, like, mind you, like I said, Duke did it or Kentucky did it with two and three. Yeah, you're right. So 2009, Kentucky got John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, who were one and two. There you go. But that might be the last time it happened. That's it's a pretty damn good team to compare yourself oh, to. Yeah. <laughs> and that was 2009, you said? Is that the year they yeah. won? Uh, no, the year they won was with Anthony Davis. That's what it was. Yeah. Although 35 and three is pretty damn. Th- <laughs> it is. I think anyone from Rutgers right now, fans wise would sign up for a 35 and three season, elite eight run sec, regular season and tournament champs. So that's just say big 10 regular season tournament champs. I think Rutgers mm-hmm. fans sign up for that tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. And right. another thing that we're not thinking of here is that there's going to be guys who want to come in and play with this group. So there's going to be high-level transfers that, you know, we've talked about Rutgers doing a little bit better in NIL. Mm-hmm. We've talked about how many players and coaches that showed interest in Rutgers who Michael didn't necessarily want to go after. Um, that's not going to change. It's only going to get more, especially if they make the tournament again this year. Like, it's going to be legit dudes who want to come to play at Rutgers to play with because guys like Dylan Harper and Ace Bailey make playing basketball pretty pretty easy on the other players in the court. Oh, yeah. So it's going to showcase them. They're going to get a lot of open shots. Gone. Good. Uh, sorry, no. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, that that's the thing. Like this team is going to be so intriguing because you not only is Griffiths in the second year, who's a five star, whatever you call him, whatever you want. Bryce Dorch, Nathan Somerville, Wolf Folks in year three, Derek Simpson, Moat Mags in his final year. Technically speaking, say they do add Austin Williams, or Austin Williams doesn't really affect that class. Jeremiah Williams will affect that class. There'll be one ship left, mm-hmm. which means technically this would be the first time in like three or four years that Pykele's actually used all 13 ships on scholarship guys instead of using one for a walk-on. But, I mean, you probably someone's going to leave. Like That's just how it happens. Look at this year. Yeah. We see Cam and Paul leaving. And I think that you hit that port. You get both of them signed and committed. I can guarantee you there's portal guys are going to reach out to them. They're not going to reach out to portal guys anymore. They're going to be like, yo, how can I, like, I want a part of that. How do I get in? Yep. And you don't even have to probably pay them. You could probably just tell them like, Hey, you want to come play for like a legit, like a late elite eight minimum team. Come on, come on, get, come on board. You don't have to do anything. You could just be that like role player, but people sign up for that shit. I'm looking at that Kentucky team and like some of the backups on that team are, are like NBA players now. Like, I, I guess Eric Butzel wasn't really a backup, but um, Patrick Peterson, not Patrick Peterson. I'm saying that Patrick Patterson. Jesus, I'm all <laughs> tight. I'm all over the place with these names today. Darius Miller, uh, Max or Mark Krebs, he's pretty good. DeAndre Liggins, they're all like guys that probably could just sign. Like you could just get anyone. And I keep going back to that Kentucky team because it was one and two. I forgot mm-hmm. that was Calipari's first year. This isn't Pykele's first go around. This isn't his like yeah. first uh, day on the show. This is like Pykel year seven at that point. Year, I think eight. I don't even know what he's on. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's got a lifetime contract, right? At this point. Right. Uh, Pykel or, <laughs> or Calipari? Yeah. Uh, Pykel. Yeah. I think uh, officially speaking, probably not, but in practice, he's not getting fired. 
uh, yeah. for anything. He's Never. he's here as long as he wants to be here. Yep. Build the statue now. If he gets Dylan committed, I'm gonna. Someone's got to start a GoFundMe. I can't personally start it. But someone's got to start the GoFundMe for a Pykel statue outside. I want a Michael Jordan-esque copper-looking statue outside of the – or maybe it's bronze, whatever the hell it was. Right outside the, the rack. In that middle of that little weird lawn area they have that I don't know what it does, to be honest, because they don't even use like that area. <laughs> well, that might be significantly different uh, in a couple of years, too. Maybe they could put the statue yeah. up after the renovations are over. Yeah. it's This ticket, I'm telling you, man, if you're not a season ticket, you might as well buy it this year and get in the door. Yep. And if if you don't, you're you're gonna be have fun with a new partner, SeatGeek. Use promo Ooh. code Ruckers Rivals for twenty dollars off your first ever order. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be on SeatGeek, spending a shit ton of money, like good luck getting that ticket next year. Yeah, and I, I said the same thing on Twitter. Like, if you are interested in this program, if you're interested in getting season tickets, you really should get in this year because next year is gonna be a feeding frenzy. It's going to be a season like we've never seen at Rutgers in really any sport. Maybe you can compare like 2007, the football team, because if you look at 2007, we're coming off that top. I think we finished 12th in the the final polls. We almost won. You know, we almost made it to a BCS Bowl that year. We had basically everybody coming back. We had Mike Teal. We had Ray Rice. We had both receivers. Um, and we started off, I believe, 15th, and we climbed up to 10th. And then the Maryland game happened. Um, but that's that's kind of the, the thing that comes to mind in terms of the most comparable hype leading into a season. Like, I think that year Rutgers was on the cover of, like, Athlon Sports. And they were on the tip of everybody's tongue in terms of, like, a dark horse candidate for the national championship. And then uh, things kind of came crashing down. But that's the kind of level of hype we're going to get coming into the season. Everybody is going to know Rutgers is, you know, in, in the hunt for lack of a better term. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be crazy. I'm telling you now, just, just get in, get in on board. Um, use this SeatGeek code again. Cause uh, I don't know. I just got to become, we came ambassador of SeatGeek apparently now. So shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring, blah, blah, blah. I recently became an ambassador for them. I'm not reading the whole thing. I don't really care that much. <laughs> Dude, just put in Rutgers rivals. It's $20 off. Like use it. Why not? Yeah. Get you some and coupon if, codes. This is the really, this is the only way to get, uh, Rutgers tickets on the the secondary market. So SeatGeek has taken over. Uh, who who was previously doing it? I don't even know. Ticketmaster, maybe. Uh, yeah. So there was there was a different marketplace that StubHub? Rutgers was using. I think it was StubHub, but now they have switched to SeatGeek. So SeatGeek is the official uh, secondary market ticket reseller of Rutgers Athletics. And I know that's not the official title, but I don't know if what you it is. plan on yeah, if you plan on using tickets, you haven't, or if you plan on using <clears> SeatGeek and you haven't yet. Use the promo code Rutgers Rivals. You get twenty dollars off your first order, yeah. um, and it also helps us a little bit. So that would be great. Do you have anything else that you want to hit on before we head out today? Um, no, I think I said before. Um, next up is Caden uh, Brown's going to be on campus at the end of the month. I, I'm pending another surprise. Uh, I think he's the next commitment. Um, in terms of other stuff, uh, no, not really. I think that's pretty much it. Just getting ready for Austin Williams to uh, decide this week. I think we'll probably end up having another pot out relatively soon. Um, and also, we have SeatGeek as a sponsor. So now, if you want to sponsor the Night Report, <laughs> give us a shout, whether it be on Twitter, social media, or any uh, even threads we're on now, too. Or shoot me an email at ruritchie at gmail.com, R-U-R-I-C-H-I-E at gmail.com, and we can figure something out. Um, 
your sponsorship would help the pod grow. And uh, if you want to put the put the uh, your business out to, I don't know, several thousand Rutgers fans, and uh, this is this is the place for you. It is. Uh, we've had some talks with people that some of them didn't really make sense for us. Some of them didn't work out, but we're still looking. Um, and if you'd like to be the official sponsor, please reach out because we are still actively looking. And with football season right on the horizon and basketball season shortly after that, this is kind of the time to, to get in uh, because, like we've said, we've grown a lot the last uh, even few months. Uh, yeah. Surprised. It's it's been an explosion of uh, new new listeners, and we appreciate all of you from the ones who were here from the first day to the ones who were just found out about us recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of you have helped grow the show by rating or reviewing us, subscribing on YouTube. Keep doing. Um, it. If you haven't done that, please do it because it does help the show grow. Like we said, but we're kind of rambling now. Uh, we're going to sign off here. I want to thank you all for listening. Once again, this has been another edition of the Network Report podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.